0: Okay. Do we? Oh, there we go. Okay. Now we. Now. Now no. it's time for <laughs> Culture Proof Live. We usually kind of let people have a, a an opportunity to get on the live, and we start by um, asking you to let us know where you're listening, and uh, you can just throw that up in the comments. And also, you can let us know what you had for dinner. Um, I try to avoid talking <laughs> about what we had for dinner when I didn't cook it because I just fear your judgment, honestly. Okay. Oh, I just don't want to talk what about, about I'm judging you, man. Come on. It's, they're Christians. Of course, they're judging me like that's I'm joking. Um, anyway, but let us know where you're listening. And then we're going to just dive right in because we've got about an hour. Um, but there's a lot for us to talk about. And yeah. I really, my heart has been so burdened as I'm looking at some of the stories and reading some of the commentary that's you know out there uh, surrounding the war that's happening. Um, there is a lack of understanding, I think, a biblical understanding of God's relationship with Israel. Hmm. And I think specifically, there's a lack of biblical understanding regarding um, the covenant relationship that God has with Israel and the land that he gave to them. Yeah. And so I think that we need to have a conversation around that. And so we reached out to our brothers, Hazakim, to invite them to uh, to come on with us and to have this conversation. Like when we start talking about, um, we need to pray for Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, among other things that we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to ask the question, What does that mean and what does that look like? If you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know we did uh, one episode where we talked about the National Association of Evangelicals Mm. that had a prayer point, Mm. (laughs) and and they were were calling for us to pray for Israel, and and one of the prayer points was pray that Israel will focus on defending her people and not revenge, and I just thought, wait, what? Like, what is... (laughs) I don't even know that that's what comes, you don't use those terms when you're talking about war, you know, so I was just a little bit confused about that. (laughs) But anyway, we've got our brothers, uh, Mike and Tony on with us. And so we just kind of want to get a little bit of background um, on you guys and, you know, just kind of start the conversation in a place that I think might be easily accessible, because as as I mentioned before, I think there are many people who just don't understand, one, there's not a, a lot of Bible literacy. And so because there's not a lot of Bible literacy, there's not a certain understanding of God's relationship to the Jewish people.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Tony, do you want to take it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, we're uh, Hazakim. It's been a little while since we've been front facing, but (laughs) we're still here. Um, You know, we uh, are known by most who know us as, you know, the kind of Messianic Jewish uh, hip hop rap guys. (laughs) Um, We, you know, we're, we're multiracial. We do have Jewish uh, ancestry and we've spent some time in, in Israel and we've been kind of um, up close and personal with both the Palestinian side. We also have Palestinians married into our family, by the way. Mm, um, very interesting. Specifically. Uh, I mean, we're not so much in, in contact with, with them anymore, but I mean, growing up, we were very much uh, around the culture mm. and, you know, and of, of the Palestinian people, really the Arab uh, culture around from, from the land of Israel. Um, And so it's something that, that, you know, people think we speak from a place of just like blind loyalty or that it's all about just biblical prophecy. And those things are important, but it really does hit close to home for us. Um, I was speaking to one of Michael and I's mutual friends in Israel and her sister, her little sister was at the party, was at the concert. Oh, wow. uh, Wow. uh, Where uh, Hamas uh, initially attacked. And Hmm. if it weren't for the boyfriend of her sister who is an IDF. Um, I don't know what his role is, but he essentially knew what to do and got her out of there. She would be likely be dead today. So, like mm. this is uh this is very personal and and yeah, so I mean I I don't know where to go from there, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about us. Yeah. And, and why we care about this, real quick before before I, I give it up, um, you know, there I've seen a lot of debate online, especially from like Christians about whether or not, you know, we should support Israel. And, you know, saying that any any kind of re- recognition of Israel takes glory away from Jesus in some way, because Jesus is the fulfillment of the calling of Israel. And uh, I, I think nothing could be further from the truth. I think when you read scripture, it becomes clear that like Jesus's heart is for the Jewish people to know him Yeah, and yeah. That the promise of scripture is that they will know him, right? Um, and Jesus also fulfills the role of of man. I mean, He's the perfect Adam, Adam, mm-hmm. man, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate our call as as natural men in this world.
0: Oh, that's a good point. To yeah, to be
1: men, uh, marriage is a picture of you know Christ and the church. That doesn't negate the use of natural marriage. Just because there's a greater reality for something spiritually doesn't mean that the earthly, you know, shadow has no more meaning. And so, mm-hmm. um. That I, I just want to kind of begin with that, but I, I don't want to talk too much,
0: That's
1: Mike. I don't good. know if you wanted to share That's anything. That's really
0: good.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I just for the last um, man, last couple of weeks, it's just been crazy as far as like the discussions that I've had with people in the body, those that claim to be believers in the Lord, and um, a lot just a lot of hostile uh, reaction towards uh, our our uh, support of Israel, um, the mm. replacement theology in the church has been. Man. A very serious thing that's taken over, and there's nothing biblical that that supports it. There's nothing. The fact of the matter is, is that yeah, like Tony said in, in Romans, when Paul's talking about the Jewish people, he makes mm-hmm. it very clear that that God is not done with them, and right. that we do serve right. a God who who not only makes promises but he keeps promises. That's the, thing that, that's the thing that frustrates me the most. It's like why don't people see that 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 this is a people that he's called and that he has not he's not finished with. <laughs> Uh, so this this is actually it, I'm gonna tell you I, I posted earlier today that this is a great divider with regards to the the pulse. There's a lot of things that have happened in the past couple of years that has just been a big pulse to me with regards to the church, how people are the the, the real people from the fake the 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 wheat and the tares. And this is one of those things that's really dividing people. It's really mm-hmm. causing. People. It's just been a big eye opener to me, and I'm like, wow, like. And in, in some certain uh, instances, I feel like some people are just jealous mm-hmm. of Jewish people. They just don't like the fact that God could have a, a group, a certain group of people that he actually has called um, and and they feel a certain way. When in reality, it's almost like uh, we should rejoice in that, that God, he, he was able to keep, you know, Israel all these years. Yes. In, in spite of the fact that they've been dispersed and that he's bringing them back, that he's brought them back against Every odd you could think, every crazy thing that could
1: possibly happen and, to him, God
2: has been faithful.
1: And I would add for the Christian, I mean, this is their spiritual inheritance. As yes. Well. That's right. That That's those right. who are in Christ, right, are grafted in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people of God are one people of God. That's not the question. And people say, oh, there's not, you know, like we understand, but grafted into what? Grafted yes. into the natural olive branch. Come on. Right. right. So right. this is the inheritance of every disciple of Jesus. This is your spiritual uh, inheritance. This is your spiritual uh, root, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And ultimately, if God cut off some of them so to make room for the church, can't he graft them back in again? And hmm. I think Scripture makes and it clear I'm about to say, sound read, like
0: you're quoting Scripture now. Okay, right? <laughs> go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and scripture makes it clear in Zechariah chapter 12 that the day is coming when a future generation, and I think that generation is likely alive today. I'm not a... I can't say you know dogmatically but likely alive today that that a future generation of surviving israelis and jews will recognize the one whom they pierced and will um repent and be saved uh, and, and i'm getting into theological things i also want to talk sort of about the geopolitics because yes. a lot of this and
2: I don't hey, know. Okay, before guys you guys
0: yeah, before you guys yeah. move on though, I want to go back yeah. to something you said because I, I really think that there is such an apologetic that is necessary for understanding uh the covenant of God and why as Christians we need and, and please understand as I use creature words here, but we need him to be a covenant keeping God. Like our salvation yeah. rests on that. Mm-hmm. Our salvation yeah. rests on the efficacy of the blood of Christ, right? That the mm-hmm. Lord, now we can appropriate his righteousness and that's sufficient. That's mm-hmm. enough. It's not anything right. that we do that keeps us saved. It's not anything that we do that saves us. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at this, that is foreshadowed in the Old Testament that the Lord makes a covenant. There is no one greater by which he can swear. So he swears by himself and he mm-hmm. keeps this covenant with the people who, one, don't deserve it. Mm. who to rebel against him, but because of his name, he honors this covenant. That is important right. to us as Christians. And yeah. I just want to get you guys to respond to that.
1: That's, that's spot on. I was reading earlier, mm-hmm. um, the, I think it was, uh, Ezekiel 36, where the Lord says, I want to say it's Ezekiel 36, where he basically says, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing this for your sake. Yes. I'm doing this for my glory because you blaspheme my name among the nations. Yeah, here it is, verse 23. I will show my holiness. Um, here is okay, verse 22. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. And unfortunately, when you do look at the impact of the Jewish people, it's been great, it's been beautiful, but there's also been a lot of secularism. Mm-hmm. There's also been a lot of godlessness. There's been a lot of idolatry. There's been a lot of rejection of Messiah. Right? Yeah. And these are these are this is these are ways in which the Jewish people like all people every nation under the earth has has neglect, and it goes just goes to show that there's only one who is worthy.
0: Mm.
1: And that's mm. God. Yeah. And that's the Messiah. Amen. Who is God? Amen. And it it says, I I, I will do this for my name's sake. And then in verse 24, he says, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back to your land. (laughs) And then verse 25, after you're in your land, I will sprinkle clean water on you. So Mm. this idea that their return to the land is contingent upon their repentance is backward. Mm. Scriptures indicate that first he's going to bring them back in unbelief. (laughs) And then after they're brought back in unbelief, when you read Zechariah and you read other scriptures, it says it's going to get very hard for the people of Israel in a moment of matter of fact, Hosea says in a moment of great distress, they will they will recognize their offense. And I think what we're what we're seeing, we're leading its history and time is leading us toward that moment of Mm -hmm. great distress as the nations surround Israel, Mm -hmm. you know, in the in the future. Every nation will will. I'm, I'm assuming just about every nation is going to surround them and try to destroy them. And at that moment, they're going to cry out, Adonai, blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord, mm. recognizing the Messiah. Right. Can, and at that point, he'll say Can yes. I
2: just say this too? It's interesting. I'm sorry, guys, that I keep stressing this, but it's just so interesting how, how it becomes smaller and smaller as far as being on the right side of history. It's almost like, for me, I almost mm. feel like we're being backed into such a small, tiny corner now. Because mm. first, even with the things that have taken place in our country in the last couple of years, the the, the leftist ideologies. I'm just going to call it what it is. Call it, it what it is. Came into the church completely made people go uh, either try to uh, adapt the gospel to that type of thinking. And then what it did to a lot of believers that were really trying to seek the Lord is it made us kind of go our separate way and, and keep seeking God even deeper. But this whole thing with Israel, like what Tony just said, I'm just going to go off of what he said with regards to that prophecy. Tony, I was just thinking today how, even with what's going on with the, the Jewish people that are are leftists that, that are really big on, like they're really starting to see for, for themselves kind of who who's siding with who. Mm-hmm. And it's an eye-opening experience for them. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Lord, this is horrible what took place. Horror, horrific. It was a massacre. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, God is using that even to draw them back to the land because they're finally seeing who their friends truly are. They're tr- they're finally seeing the people that are on their side, yeah. and that's the thing that I've been noticing a lot lately. Like so many friends, like or people that I used to be cool with, I'm telling y'all, have been like unsubscribing from us, like just because we side with, like we, we pray for Israel, we support Israel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's that's where we're coming from. That's biblical. The God of Israel, all through the Scripture, and then you know I'm not trying to go off on. There's so many routes you could take with this because then we start getting uh, discussions. From I had a guy who was um, part of the Hebrew Israelites that was wanting to school me about who the true Jews are. Oh boy! And then they got the person. No, literally on on, (laughs) one discussion there, and then another discussion coming from a guy who's like a a, a KKK Nazi, like talking about the Jews and the you know uh, the, the, the Bilderbergs and all that stuff, and trying to school me on that. And I'm over here. I'm like, you know what? And these are people that, that I thought we were cool with. And I'm just wow. like, oh my goodness, Lord, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's really it's, crazy. And then, but the thing is to see, this is just showing me that that the God the God that I serve is a God that stays. And those of us that truly love the Lord are going to stay stay with the fight. We're going to stay with him. We're going to stay with his people. And we're going to stay with the church. Amen. But the thing is, is that it's not going to be popular. We're mm-hmm. not going to be liked. We're going to be hated. This one guy told me, he said, Oh, Hazakim. He said, I thought I, I knew you guys. He said, I can't believe that you would stand with Israel. Those aren't the true Jews. And that Israel today is not the true Israel. Oh, and wow. He, I told him, I said, you know what? Look, we ain't got to be friends. You can unblo- you can block us. You can stop listening to our music if you like. And he he pretty much said, that's fine with me. So that's the thing, too. It's like this has really been like for me, like, Lord, let and it I, be. So. This is <laughs> a of really like causing people to, to, to choose sides. You know, yes. I've just had to throw that in there. I just No,
1: that's I mean, good. Go ahead, Tony. I-, I wanted to tell a little story, also, before and and stop us at any time. Will I will? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. You guys, ahead, y'all have the floor. Go ahead. <laughs> I just got to say this real quick. I know I've said some harsh things in the heat of watching our nation literally crumble over the past few years, and I've actually made a public apology for using very harsh language at times. But Hazakim doesn't care who <laughs> likes us. Like there are there there are people in Urban Ministry and in hip-hop christian rap and you could tell that they so desperately want to be liked by secular rappers they Mm -hmm. so desperately want to be liked by popular culture by urban culture yeah we don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) like growing up multi-ethnic being around you know like first of all not fitting in in that way and then being around Mm -hmm. normative jews who thought we were not crazy being around black Americans who thought we were crazy, being around Latinos who thought we were, it didn't matter. Like everywhere we went, we really didn't, growing up, I have to say for the two of us, we never really had a place right. where we just felt right. like, ah, this is home. <laughs> so like, we've always been kind of cool with just being not accepted. Like mm. we don't have to be accepted. And so I just want to make that clear to everybody who thinks they're hurting our feelings by, you know, since about 2015, by blocking us, unfriending us, we really don't care. Mm-hmm. The only opinion we care about is the opinion that God has of us. That's Amen. it. Right. Amen. And I wish we'd have more men
2: mm-hmm.
1: who had that attitude. Yeah. Wow. The men in America have become so pathetic. Man. They mm-hmm. have no conviction, they have no they And I'm not saying all. Oh, thank God for men like Will. Thank God for mm-hmm. a lot of strong brothers. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. like just standing on conviction. Yeah. Being right. able to be a man, being able to say that a a a, a woman Uh, that a man can't have a a period or or not even having the chutzpah to say something so obvious because you want the approval of men. Right. And, and, and then thinking that we're outlandish for our perspectives. I just want to like clear that up. The things I'm going to say, a lot of the things I'm going to say, and that we're going to say are not going to be popular, but we really couldn't care less. Right. Right. And And go ahead. And I just want this to get it out of the way.
0: No, I think that's great. And, and that's, yeah. look, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you guys. Right. <laughs> like, we don't want to talk to people who kind of like, you know, stick their finger up in the air to see which way the wind is blowing. We want to mm-hmm. talk to people who believe the word of God that they say they read and then live it out. Like, that's who we want to talk mm-hmm. to. And one of the things that's really disturbed me about what I see is, again, that there's a lot of Bible illiteracy, that a lot of people oh, yeah. don't understand the word of God. And so then don't know where to fall on these discussions. And so there's a lot Mm. of confusion. And I do want you guys to talk a little bit about the geopolitical implications of what's happening right now um, between Israel and and the Palestinians. I I wanna talk about that. I want people to understand like how we have gotten to this place. So maybe sort of like a a thumbnail sketch, talk about um, a lot of the the back and forth and and even um, in some ways talking about America's role in where we are now. It's possible that one of the greatest obstacles to homeschooling is confidence. And there's nothing like the fear of math to zap your confidence. CTC Math has taken that into account and designed an incredible math program that takes the fear out of math. Parents can relax knowing that CTC Math is partnering with them to teach math. With clear and complete video tutorials and summaries, this math program ensures that your child actually understands the content before he or she is asked to practice it. CTC math is also interactive and it adapts to your child's needs without the child even knowing it. This builds confidence and proficiency. Maybe CTC Math is the answer to your prayers. You can find out by going to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. You can try the program without risk for an entire year. And if it doesn't deliver the results you expect, CTC Math will provide a full refund. You heard me right. You can try out CTC Math for an entire year without risk. And if it doesn't meet your needs, you can get a full refund no questions asked check out our friends at ctcmath.com that's ctcmath.com
1: absolutely well well first i want to start by saying that this this uh, squirmish this disagreement between the so-called palestinians and i'll explain why i call them so-called palestinians in a moment mm-hmm. the arabs and the jews has nothing to do with land If if israel moved to Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> Muslims would be seeking them out to kill them. Man, that's a fact, right? This has everything to do with because I, you notice the people that hate Israel, of course, are leftists who want to virtue signal, and many self-hating, even Jewish people who mm-hmm. who desperately want to prove how how altruistic and 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 you know and progressive they are are still parroting this anti-israel narrative
0: mm-hmm.
1: like finkelstein i forget the guy's name horrible horrible uh Mashumad. <laughs> like I just, like whatever but this has nothing to do with land this has everything to do with who muhammad hated mm-hmm. and every muslim i don't care if you're arab or indonesian or iranian every or african every muslim looks at muhammad their prophet as the seal of the prophets and the the ideal man, a mercy unto mankind. So who, what? how he used the restroom, they used the restroom, right? How he ate, how he prayed, they mimic him in every way. He also hated the Jews. As a matter of fact, when Muhammad died, the way he died was um, the battle of Kaibar, where he killed 39 or beheaded, I think, 30-some Jewish men. And then... Um, the, one of the women, one of the Jewish women of the village, he trusted her, which is very strange, to make him food. And she poisoned the food, and over a series of years, he slowly withered because of the mm-hmm. poison that he ate at Kaibar. Strangely enough, Muslims actually um, chant. Uh, you If you ever hear Muslims chant, Kaibar, Kaibar, Ya Yahud, they're saying, remember Kaibar, O Jews when Muhammad sl- like basically beheaded all these Jewish. But the, but the funny part is that's also led to his demise. He killed these Jewish men, uh-huh. and a Jewish woman basically killed him. Mm. I don't want to divert from the, from, the, from the topic, but you see in the life of Muhammad that he hated the Jews. And I posted something on our Instagram, and mm. I, I made this point that if this is about land, why do we find in the Hadith literature, which is the equivalent of the Gospels in Islam, right? The Quran is the words of Allah right? It tells us nothing about the life of Muhammad. The Hadith were written by Muhammad's companions and his wives, and it gives us insight into the life of Muhammad, similar to Mm -hmm. how the Gospels give us insight into the life of Jesus. And this is recorded in Sahih al-Bukhari 2926. Sahih means it's a reliable narration on the life of Muhammad. It says, Allah's apostle said, the hour will not be established, meaning the end will not be established until you fight with the Jews mm-hmm. and the stone behind which a Jew will be hiding will say, oh, Muslim, there's a Jew hiding behind me, so kill him. Mm. Mm. This was not written under any occupation.
0: Mm. This
1: was not written after 1948.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This was not written after 1967 or 1973 under, mm-hmm. under so-called Israeli occupation. This was written about a, when the Jewish people in the 7th century were scattered throughout Arabia right without a home without a military without so-called occup- occupation
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the the jew hatred in islam is is fundamental to the religion and that's really what this is about so all the people the you know kind of progressive church you know s- social justice types who by the way reduce everything in a very ignorant and arrogant western Lazy way wow. as white people versus black people. You, oh, yeah. you, you guys right. got to
0: talk about that. <laughs>
1: right. You
0: got to talk. About, I mean, it's it's utterly ignorant. I mean, BLM coming out in support of Hamas, like it just, just shows you who they oh, are. Come on, you know. Yeah,
1: it just shows you who they are.
2: You know, guys. Can I just say this, bro? I don't want to divert off. Hold your thought. But when Tony and I went to Israel, not growing up in in America, um, I went to the Lord has been so good to me throughout my life. Um a lot of times like, like people can't really tell what I am as far as nationality wise, which is great. I love it. I don't want, I, I kind of like that. I attended an all black school. I attended an all white school. I was called the N word at the all white school at the, at the, at the school that was majority black, you know, pretty much, uh, they kind of made fun of me in, in certain ways, my hair or whatever, you know, elder Barge type stuff. Right. <laughs> I'll just use that. But I'm going to tell you something. When I went to Israel, I had never ever experienced in my whole life the level of hatred that was Tony and I three times, three accounts. The time that we shot the Don't Forget the Iron video, I was on the the roof shooting the my verse, a guy came out, he saw me with my kepa on, told me and the camera crew, get this guy off of the off near away from me or I'll end up killing him. When we shot the scene when we were going through the marketplace towards the Jaffa Gate, there were a bunch of Muslims that were about to stab me and Tony. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then this, the third time was the w- the very last day we were there. We were near the uh, the Western Wall, and we were walking out. And we saw it was the, I guess they were leaving um, the dome oh, from prayer.
1: The Al-Aqsa had, Mosque, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you tell that, bro. They were sure. leaving
1: the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and we were by the Damascus Gate area. And as these men were streaming past, we had one IDF soldier to our left in the gate. And these men were streaming past, and they were all looking at Michael and I, right in our eyes with the most dead I never seen look. Nature like that. I've yeah. never seen a human look at another human with such coldness and really no regard for their life mm-hmm. and so so again we were on the roof and this Muslim Arab so-called Palestinian guy we were right near East Jerusalem said basically hey you're too close to my property if you don't leave I'm going to kill you I don't mm-hmm. want Jews on my near my house Is mm-hmm. what he yeah. told me what he told us so we left And then again, Mike said, the guy said, don't worry. We only stab, you know, we'll stab you. But they were joking about stabbing us. And then they said, but we only like to stab women and children. And then this last time we were walking by as these Muslim men are walking by us, leaving the mosque for their prayers. They were looking at us with the coldest, most murderous look. Mm -hmm. Now, and so here's what people don't understand about Israel. They call Israel an apartheid state. Israel has a very large number of muslim arabs who are citizens who vote who sit in the parliament the knesset they sit in parliament they own businesses one of our favorite uh hummus spots one of the most popular ones that everybody when you go to israel tells you to go to is abu hassan i think it's in near tel aviv it's an arab owned uh restaurant and the jews patronize it Mm -hmm. And you'll find communities where Arabs and Jews live side by side and Arabs openly uh, critique Israel, the government in Israel. These are Arab Israelis. They live there. They're Muslims. But if you go to the Palestinian side, if a Jew so much as steps foot, forget owning land or sitting in parliament, Hmm. that's never going to happen. If a Jew so much as steps foot on that side of the tracks, you will be dead on arrival. And Mike and I know from experience we we barely got away with our lives. We did. In one of those instances where they were literally telling us, we're going to stab you. Right. Oh. Mike turned around and gave one of the guys the gospel, which was extremely bold. I, to, like, I really wanted to, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm from I don't America. like people threatening it, me. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> we wanted to get, Tony wanted to fight. And I'm just going to be honest. We don't like people. I don't like no dude trying to step up on me like that, but- <laughs> At the same time, like I was like, man, I'm here for the Lord, and I was able to give him the gospel. Amen, amen. Guys, here, I remember when we got back from Israel. A lot of people on our Facebook page were trying to school us about how Israel is ran, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you guys don't realize that there's there's people there your color. I mean, that <laughs> you're not going to see that on the news. You're just your mind thinks white people, Europeans, come on, walking around with black,
1: and you're completely off. Mm-hmm. Like you have no clue what you're talking about. Mike, to my point. A lot of the progressives in the church view everything through that lens. They
2: do. And white the West peoples, is screwed up, man. Yeah. We're, <laughs> We're messed oh, up over that? here in the United States.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But but white in their mind is the Jews, is the Israelis, and that's the Western occupier. Exactly. And the native, so the native, which is all nonsense in their mind, the native inhabitants of that land are the so-called Palestinians. First off, my question is: so, what is the Bible mythology?
0: Right. Come mm-hmm. on. But yeah. Says, yeah. Like,
1: how can you say you're a Christian and you're claiming that the Arabs are the are the indigenous people? The Bible tells <laughs> us that the first inhabitants were the Philistines. They're extinct. <laughs> the Canaanites <laughs> are extinct. It, and then God commanded Israel to be there. They built the... I mean, it, unless you think the Bible, which we know archaeology confirms this. Amen. The Jewish people have been there for 3,000 plus years. They mm-hmm. built two temples, Solomon's Temple and Herod's Temple. Jesus was a Jew and lived in that land. And the name (laughs) Palestine, interestingly enough, the name Palestine was given to Israel around the year, what, 150 AD after Jesus, it was given by the Romans to (laughs) Israel, basically to spite the Jewish people. And it means Philistine. It means Philistina. So basically the Romans said, your ancient enemy was the Philistines. We're going to destroy your temple, kick you out of your land, and we're going to name it back to the... At that time, basically extinct people grew. Yeah, an attempt to
0: erase the Jewish people. It was to to erase the the memory of the Jewish people out of that land, which is interesting. And I joke about it and I want to be sensitive, but it's like the man gave you your name, though. Like you talk about the man like the man gave you your name like that's that was given to you. And so I think that comes from a lack of knowledge. It comes from a lack of history. And then to your point Tony, it also comes and I'm going to keep going back to this guys, a straight edge. It comes from a lack of biblical literacy because we don't read God's word and because we don't believe what we read. But go ahead guys.
1: Yeah, ahead. I mean the Bible tells us that this was the land of the Jewish even the Quran which was written 7 centuries later you know, Muhammad said that that land was given to the children of Israel, mm-hmm. given to Isaac. And, and, so it's such a contradiction. But back to, so the land was called Palestine, and that mm. and it was called Syria-Palestine. And it went from the uh, Roman occupiers, it went to the uh, caliphate, um, eventually became Turkish, the Turkish um, Ottomans. Um, the Ottoman Empire uh, had... Uh, uh occupied the territory then it went to britain and after the world war 1 britain occupied that territory and then mandated it the league of nations mandated it for a jewish homeland there's never been a palestinian king language culture matter of fact when you look at like how the word was used it just basically it was a it, w- it, it was used to describe a region not a race or an right. ethnic group mm. the word palestine was used to describe, and there were always Jews in the land. There were Christians in the land. There were Arabs there too. There've been Arabs there since the Arab invasion after Muhammad, around the seventh or eighth century. Arabs came. They conquered the area. Mm-hmm. So there've always, but but there were. There's always been a Jewish presence in that part of the land. There's always been a Christian, Arab, and Christian Jewish presence in that land. And there's been a Muslim presence. But this idea that there were no Jews there, and then the Muslims, these Palestinians. Matter of fact, our Palestinian family members will tell you where they come from. They're Jordanians. Hmm. The Palestinians are Egyptians. They're Jordanians. Some of them are Syrian. Some of them, I mean, they come from all over. And they're basically displaced Arabs. That's what they are. And they didn't call themselves Palestinians until the 1960s. If you look at the Palestinian Post, it was a newspaper. It was a Jewish publication. Today it's called the Jerusalem Post. But in the early 20th century, it was called the Palestinian Post. The Palestinian Orchestra was an all Jewish orchestra in the early 20th century. So the word Palestine didn't denote an ethnic group, it denoted a region. So whether you were Jewish, Christian, Muslim, whatever, black, white, it didn't matter, Arab, it didn't matter. If you were from that area, kind of like being an American doesn't say anything about race, you mm-hmm. were called a Palestinian. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, uh, But what happened was after Israel became a nation, and it's a long story, but basically Arab leaders, specifically Arafat, who was Egyptian, and I want to say Arafat wasn't even born in, Arafat was born in Egypt. Arafat was an Egyptian. Uh, Yasser Arafat, uh, founder of the uh, Palestinian Liberation Organization. They created out of whole cloth this new Palestinian identity. So the word Palestinian doesn't even have any historic merit in that sense. It's a region, not a people. There have always been Jews there. There was obviously an influx of Jews after the nation of Israel, the the, uh, League of Nations mandated that Israel would would be the home of the the Jewish people. Then they split the land. I'm just giving you guys some history. They split the land, gave 70% of it to the Arabs and called it Jordan, and gave the rest of it, the 30%, to the Jews. Um, The west part of Jordan, the West Bank, which really is part of Israel, was at one time in Jewish control and then given back. The Gaza was at one time occupied between, 19, I think between 1948 and fairly recently, that was occupied by Egypt. But you never hear anyone talk about the occupation of of, of Gaza by the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Wow. And and so again, so when you, when you look at it from a bird's eye view, it's a manufactured similar to the way the left uses uh the struggles of quote unquote people of color the fears of people it's all about to, to advance their cause yep. politically they they use the they use pain hmm. and they use uh dead bodies they use hmm. police all of these things to empower themselves that's essentially what the muslim world has done with the palestinians and, and, hmm. and so just to elaborate on what i mean there in 1948 when israel was you know when the when the League of Nations, which became the United Nations, mandated that Israel would be the home of the Jewish people, the Arab nations around Israel, and there were a mil there were hundreds of thousands of them, there were Jews that lived in these Arab nations like Egypt, Yemen, Iraq, um, Lebanon. There were Jews in all these Arab countries. They were ousted overnight. <laughs> These Jews were ousted overnight and Israel, which is the size of New Jersey or smaller than New Jersey, had to absorb 800, roughly 800,000 Jews instantly. They became refugees, but Israel absorbed them and assimilated them into their country. What happened, how the Palestinians were created, because I told you earlier that there are Arab Israelis that have full citizenry. They sit in the parliament. One of the largest political parties in Israel is an Arab Israel, they're Arab, (laughs) like they're Arab Muslims. And they are one of the largest parties in the parliament of Israel.
0: Hmm.
1: But so the difference between Arab Israelis and Palestinians is in 1948, when those nations attacked Israel after it was newly created, and it really was a miracle, you can see the hand of God, by the way, Hmm. and the how Israel has survived all of these surprise attacks. In, In 1948, at its inception, Israel had no they had no weapons, they had, you know, very like limited uh artillery. They had no, you know, everything that they, they didn't have anything. And these Arab nations vastly outnumbered them, had more money, had better equipment. And that just goes to show how God, when He makes a promise and He fulfills His prophecies exactly as it was written. Mm. But when they attacked Israel, they told the Arabs in the in the in the country, leave your land, leave your houses, we're gonna kill the Jews and drive them into the sea. After we've dealt with these Jews, you can come back to the land. What happened? A bunch of Arabs left, and but Israel beat those Arab nations, surprisingly. <laughs> so those Arabs became refugees mm. because when they left, they were displaced. The Arabs who stayed became full Israeli citizens. So I just want to say that real quick. This idea of, of, an, of an apartheid. My wife is from South Africa. She lived through apartheid in uh, apartheid, Af- blacks couldn't go to school. They could you know, to white universities, they couldn't vote. Um, they couldn't certainly couldn't sit in parliament. They had no voice. Like I said in Israel, Arab, there are Arab people who sit on the Knesset, Arabs own businesses. Arabs do very well, and you see them all over Israel. The Palestinians were created because they left under with the false promise that they would that the Jews would lose the war. And that they could return and claim the spoils Hmm. and instead of those arab nations absorbing those those uh, refugees from of jordanian descent and egyptian descent what they did is they left similar to the left how the left uses the pain of people of color (laughs) to forward their agenda they use the uh refugees the palestinians for political means Hmm. for political ends because as long as there's these poor refugees you Know they can use that against Israel, mm-hmm. um, and and one last thing I'm going to say Israel, you know, the, the wall, for example, there's this Christ at the checkpoint. You hear people like Tabidi Anyabuile and a lot of other progressive Christian leaders or whatever, quote unquote, you know, speak about you know the, the, the Palestinian you know plight and and how Israel's apartheid, etc. But those walls exist because Jew hatred is so ingrained in, in the culture, there were almost daily terror attacks in israel in the 80s and in the 70s where people would you know arabs would get on buses and just blow themselves up and and you remember mike that aquarium mm-hmm. yeah. in israel, i think was it was it tel aviv
2: that was in tel aviv Yeah. outside
1: of tel aviv there's an aquarium and it's like the shell of what used to be a beautiful aquarium and mm-hmm. it was destroyed in a terror attack if i remember correctly right bro yeah yeah And and so that wall was built by necessity. There's a checkpoint, but it's not a wall that keeps you out indefinitely. It's a checkpoint. Like when you go to Canada, you can't just drive into Canada from Michigan or wherever Mm -hmm. you've got to go through customs. So I guess customs makes it an apartheid state. That's the (laughs) argument is it since they have a customs and a wall and you have to go through a checkpoint like you do whenever you cross through any country uh, to go to Mexico, you got to go to a checkpoint. Well, if you want to get into Israel from a Palestinian territory where they've been known to carry out jihad, you've mm. got to go through a checkpoint. Mm.
2: This whole thing that just took place is just proof of what they were going back to what Tony said. This mm. is not about land. It's about killing Jews.
3: Mm. That's
2: what we need. to That's the thing. We need to open our eyes. And the thing that we need to realize as believers is, is that if you were there, you would have been slaughtered, too. You would have right. been killed. Right. So and that's the thing. It's like. My level of frustration trying to get people to see, like I said, it starts with jealousy. The fact that oh, wait a minute, God has a chosen people. I thought we were the chosen people. <laughs> it, I think mean, that's immediately when it enters into people's hearts, they immediately become jealous, and then it turns into, well, let me let me figure this out. Let me let me look at church history. You know, what I mean, let's let's look at Israel, and, and and you know, and then they'll start to 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 cling towards like what they're being fed on MSNBC, CNN, and those kind of places.
1: And and let me say something real quick. Chosen for what? When you read, I I want to make a couple. Mike, you gave me a good point. And guys, (laughs) guys, interject. It's like me and Mike are on the phone. I hate to make it like (laughs) ranting with each other. But chosen for what? The Jewish people were chosen to bring the oracles of God. We know that the scriptures were delivered through. The prophets, but also to bring the Messiah. Yes. And they failed. The Jewish people failed. Yes. But God doesn't fail. Amen. And just like He saved us when we were in our sins and trespasses right? And, the and when you say, wait, let me just, let
0: me just back up. Cause yeah. I think you're going into a, a different thought and I want to make sure that our listeners hear that in the way it's meant to be heard. Cause you said they were chosen to the Messiah would come through them, but then you, that's a period on that statement. And then you say, when they failed, they failed in many ways to honor the Lord. They didn't fail at bringing the Messiah. No. Yes. Okay. I just wanted they to make sure that people understood you clearly. <laughs> no,
1: great. That's great. Thanks for interjecting. Yeah. The Messiah came. But they failed to recognize him. Mm. But it was prophesied. God wasn't caught by off guard. Amen. Read Isaiah 53. It says, We esteemed him smitten by God and afflicted, but he was mm. wounded for our transgressions. Yes. And I would encourage you all to also read like Hosea chapter five and six, where God says, Look, you have offended me so much that I'm gonna like go, I'm gonna hide my face from you. I'm gonna go back to my place. And <laughs> until you earnestly seek me, basically I'm gonna tear you from your land. And I'm going to wound you. And then Israel responds in chapter six, verse one, it says, come, let us return to the Lord. This is a future generation mm-hmm. of Israel for he has he has wounded us, but he will bind up our wounds. Mm-hmm. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up and we will live in his presence. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jesus in his body embodied that when he yeah. rose on the third day. But I think there's even a greater fulfillment <clears> when Israel, like Joseph's brothers, you know, they sold him into slavery. Come on. I mean, Joseph is a perfect picture. They sold their brother into slavery because of the calling of God upon them. And he becomes the leader of the Gentile world. When they see him, he looks like an Egyptian to them. They don't even recognize him. And then he has that beautiful <laughs> moment where he takes off the garb and he says, I'm your brother, Joseph, who you, who you sought to kill, who you sold into slavery. That day is going to come between Jesus and the Jewish people. Listen. And if you doubt it, read Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. Read Matthew chapter 23 at the end, where he says, Oh Jerusalem, you who s- st- stone the prophets and kill those sent to you. I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers of chicks. So you were unwilling. Behold, your house, bait mikdash, your temple is left to you desolate until you confess. Blessed is he. It's not that your house has left you desolate indefinitely, and I'm gonna divorce you forever. He said, Your house has left you desolate until mm. you say.
0: Man, listen, let you me
1: not, let me you will let not see me. me again until you say blessed is he. That means. They're Redemption, his return is contingent upon their redemption and recognizing him as Messiah.
0: Okay. So among the examples that you just used there, Tony, like it is so important. And again, here I go back to scripture, right? You have to have a proper exegetical approach to scripture. Like you can't be Joseph.
1: And I don't think this.
2: So like this, if you,
0: if you are taught in church right. that you are Joseph, right? Like if, if, he, <laughs> if you are always reading yourself into scripture, then you can't see the foreshadowing <laughs> and, in the old Testament.
1: That's not
2: happening. That's why I think so many people, because y'all mentioned in in the beginning how the group is becoming smaller and smaller. That's like, you know, let's pray for for Jerusalem, pray for Israel. Come on. You know, but I think that's happening because they're not getting the proper teaching from the word of God of how we should uh, pray. We we
0: are being taught. We are being taught week in and week out to read ourselves into scripture. And so so then the scriptures don't mean what they meant. Right. Exactly. They don't mean so what good. they mean now because we have read ourselves so much into it that we have gone full on into this replacement theology, nice. which is heresy. Man, it it, it it blasphemes the character of God because it says that God is not committed. It says that that God is flimsy. I mean, somebody coming under one of our one of our posts and said, um, God divorced Israel. Now, now just... you, know, you know, what's
1: what's interesting, <laughs> though, the scripture does use the language of divorce when it comes to Israel with God. But then there's these promises over and over again that I will bring you back to myself. Come on. I will I will I will marry I will woo you again. I will call you back. Because I mean, your
0: sin has separated you from me.
1: Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And 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 like Paul said there's, there's been a hardening in part In part. Amen. In part. That doesn't mean the but the, there's a future time in which all Israel will be saved. Amen. And when people say oh that just means the church, all you got to do is read like you said the rest of scripture in context. The rest of scripture context says that the day was coming when they will say, blessed is he, when they will look upon him whom they pierce. Like I said, Hosea chapter five, where it says in a moment of distress, they will find, they will seek me Mm -hmm. and they will, they will recognize their offense. You cannot throw these scriptures away. They all point to a future in which Israel is saved and they have to be back in the land. Romans Mm -hmm. chapter 11, Romans chapter 11.
2: I was going to say, even beyond that, where Israel finds themselves by themselves and that's why I'm saying, with everything that's going on right now, this is like, this is like, what just took place is huge. It really is. It's causing people to leave all all corners of of, of the globe to go back to Israel because they're like, this is like, this is crazy. What's what's just happened? Mm. One thing I want to say real quick too is, I heard a uh, a rabbi once give a sermon with regards to the prodigal son, and he mentioned that he believes that the prodigal son could very well be the Gentile church. I mean, I'm sorry. not the prodigal son, the brother brother. of the prodigal son could very well be the Gentile church. Kind of feeling like, Lord, we've been there this whole time, you know, and you have allowed him to come back, you know, after everything that he's done. I don't know. That's just a thought. That's That's just something I've always had in the back of my mind. And uh, even when I think about like Acts chapter 15, I don't know, I'll just make this really fast, but it was was the Jerusalem council Mm -hmm. when the Gentile uh, believers were coming to faith. You got to remember... The Bible was written by Jews. The first church, the early church was Jewish, and they were trying to figure out how to assimilate Gentiles into the faith.
1: Right.
2: If you ever get the chance, check out Acts chapter 15 yeah. because it shows that they were having a hard time trying to figure out how to do this. And Paul pretty much made it clear they don't have to get circumcised. They don't right. have to do the things that we've done. All they got to do is believe, of course, in Yeshua and Jesus and, and not, and then he gives other commandments like you know, uh. Uh, drinking like certain things that, yeah. just do, that we shouldn't do. But my point is, is that I, I think, and and that's the thing. T- Tony and I aren't trying to make it like everyone should all of a sudden become Jewish. That's not what we're saying. But we are saying that God is not done with Israel. That there's still that He still has a plan with them. And and like what Tony just laid out, you know, it's it's just. It's it's right in our face. I think this is such a powerful time we're living in right now. No, it
0: really is. I I think that in in ways that we don't understand, we are seeing uh, prophecy fulfilled. We really are. I still believe Mm -hmm. in prophecy. I believe in the prophecy that has already been fulfilled, obviously, as a Bible-believing follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe Mm -hmm. in the prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled, that there is still prophecy outstanding. I believe that. And the other thing, I wanted to say this just to kind of go back, because I want to make sure that there's a lot of um, education That's happening here tonight. Like, and so many people are commenting that they're learning so much. And so I'm really grateful for that. I want to make sure that we also circle back to like looking at these current events and looking at what's going on. There are people who are genuinely, genuinely confused about how to pray because they are watching war in real time. And for many of us, we're like, wait a minute. Okay, you've got the propaganda that's coming out of Gaza. You've got the propaganda that's coming from Hamas. And then you've got some people who are respected by a lot of people who are saying, look at the slaughter of innocents and, and look at what is going on. And, and you, you need to have a gentle approach to war, which just, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it seems like to me that that's just like oxymoronic, right? A gentle and, and approach to I, war.
1: Can I say something real quick? It's interesting. The West loves to talk about proportionality only when Israel responds. Come on. So what is the proportionate thing for Israel to do? Should they find a Palestinian music festival and rape the exact number of women that the Palestinians Mm. rape? Come on. Should they they slaughter the exact number of Palestinian or Arab children that the Arabs, I mean, what is, what is proportionate? And unfortunately the, the scourge of Islam, the scourge of Jew hatred is so ingrained in that part of the middle East. Mm. Um, like It really will take will take like a surgical accuracy to think that you can cut out the cancer without there being any any uh, you know um, casualties outside of that. Like any you know, it's just a very difficult situation that Israel finds itself in. And and again, real quick, uh, brother, Will, I, I know you have the scriptures open, but I have to say it's interesting. You read the Bible and God paints this picture. You know, I'm in a. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send the Messiah. You're going to reject him. Um, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to bring other nations to judge you. I'm going to destroy your temple and I'm going to scatter you to every nation under heaven. Right. And in the last days, in the end, I'm going to bring you back to your land and unbelief. And you're miraculously going to be every matter of fact. Yo, let me just read this scripture real quick. Let me read this scripture. No, take your time with the word. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. Not real quick. Right. Let me (laughs) You're right, sister. Let me read the scripture. It says, here we go. And I'm reading from, uh, from what is this here? Zechariah, Zechariah 12. Okay. Here we go. I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem. Uh, on that day when all the nations on the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. I mean, you read this, so the Bible says, I'm going to bring you back to the land. And then the only, I mean, you try to find a Hittite or a Jebusite <laughs> or a Canaanite, an Amorite, you won't find them. But these ancient people who existed right around this the, the same time, right around the same area as these people, all of a sudden are brought back after almost 2,000 years back to their land with their language intact, with their customs intact, not just from Europe and America, but from af- various countries in Africa, various mm-hmm. countries in Asia and the Middle East. I mean, and that's the one of the big uh, kind of myths going around is that Israel is this white Western sort of usurper and, and colonizer. When you go to more than half of the Israeli population are brown and black. And that's <laughs> a fact. And if you've never been there, you got to go see it for yourself. And a lot of the victims, not that it should matter, because the the death of innocence should just be enough on On its its own. own. Yeah. When you look at the victims of that massacre that happened on that day, there were a lot of black and brown Israelis that were killed. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, Miss Israel 2013, she's an Ethiopian Jew, went on Fox recently and was saying, like, what about us? (laughs) BLM you know you're praising these people that came flying down what about my black life what about mm. the black life of, of the israeli defense forces right. members uh who were murdered and the innocent partygoers who were who were raped and, and tortured black women who were killed by hamas right but you have these prophecies and then what do we find 1948 through a crazy s- series of events Israel is reborn 1967. (laughs) Jerusalem is recaptured against all odds. And you have people in the church telling me that this there's nothing to see here, folks. This has nothing to do with Bible prophecy. Oh, come on. This is not God, is this is nothing special. God isn't at work Mm -hmm. here. And even though it was all laid out in advance, that takes an incredible amount of faith to believe that this is all. Just by happens, just
0: random, uh, right? Yeah. Just random. So let me let me ask you guys this, and and I wanna, I think I have a little bit of time to bring in this clip. I think I want to bring in clip two, because uh, Masab Hassan Youssef, who's the son of the founder of Hamas, he's the author of the book The Green Prince, and he talks about um, what caused him to turn on Hamas and 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 how he felt about this organization. He was recently on Fox, and I was watching this interview that he did with Brian Kilmeade, where uh, he was talking about what Israel's strategy needs to be. And I want to play this clip, and then I want to come out and want to get you guys to comment on it. And, and here's what I really want to drill down on. There are a lot of people, again, who are confused about how we should pray. Like, how, how do we seek the Lord on this? And so I want to play this clip, and then I want to get you guys to come out of it and, and comment on it. This is, let's do clip two.
3: We need to evacuate civilians as much as we can. You know, this is an ugly war and Israel did not start it. Hamas did. First of all, we need to encourage civilians to go into Egypt, possibly women and children, maybe men over 50 years old. These need to get out of the picture. You know, then the strip need to be cut two pieces, north and south, two parts. The northern part, this is where most of the tunnels are. We need to have a solid siege, okay? for long enough to deplete the enemy and to starve them. After that, we may need to explore using gas. This is like, sounds horrible, but I don't see any other option. The tunnels Mm -hmm. are interconnected and gas could be one of the solutions, but this has to be in the right time. We cannot just rush into Gaza. You know, there is no modern army that is prepared for this type of war. And most importantly, we need to get the civilians out of the picture. As long as there are civilians there, right. then the operation might be incomplete.
0: Mm, okay, so brothers, what, what do you guys think about that? I know that people <laughs> hear that and they're like, man, this is brutal, war is brutal. But again, as Yousef pointed out, Israel didn't start this. So so how do we process this as believers and, and we want to pr- to pray in line with God's will? H- how do we approach this?
1: If it's okay, Mike, I just wanted to say something real quick yeah, ahead, regarding bro. that. I would I would begin by saying politics is not our savior, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this is a prime example of how American politics, and I hate Mike and I spend a lot of time saying, I told you so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I told you so. The Abraham uh, Accords mm-hmm. that Trump uh, initiated between Israel and the Arab nations was not a permanent fix. We know only Messiah will bring everlasting peace. Amen. Right. But at least put the pause, it gave. It bought time. When Biden came in, he overturned the Abraham Accords. And then he also gave uh, millions of dollars or more to Iran. And he also gave tons of money to Hamas, basically to the Palestinians, to Gaza, which ends up in, inevitably in the hands of Hamas, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because they put all their money towards... Funding Hamas to, toward the overthrow of Israel. Um, all, what we do here affects the world. I just want to say yeah. that. And again, I'm not saying Trump is a savior. That all these dudes are off. Like, like right. Right. there's a bunch of dysfunction going on <laughs> in that, on. that whole arena. But I'm saying, but but you know, just in terms of politics, the the, the our foreign policy, the foreign policy of the people that you vote into office matters mm-hmm. because right now. Before I go into what he said, this could turn into a world war.
0: Mm.
1: Between this and what's happening in the Ukraine Mm -hmm. could absolutely become a world war situation. Um, Right now, we have other nations now getting involved. We have Iran funding it. We have Qatar funding Hamas. We have Lebanon to the north with Hezbollah, who are also attacking Israel. There's, and then we have Russia possibly involved. We have China. I mean, like, and now America's sending troops. By the way, I'm not a proponent of us getting involved. Israel doesn't need our help. You know what Israel needs? Israel needs us to get out of the way. Israel Mm -hmm. needs the permission to do what Israel needs to do. Mm -hmm. That's all Israel's asking for. Israel's not even asking for us to get involved, but we're sending troops there. And this could become a world war situation. But I do agree with him. I agree that the only way to do this is to completely destroy Hamas and to reclaim control over that territory but but i do think it will have to be a complete uh, destruction of Hamas and and unfortunately like i said back to the issue of proportionality it's kind of it's kind of a silly request that when if if you become let's say you know uh, america is has an attack in which you know over a thousand people are murdered in, 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 a, in a, within a few hours, right? Um, are we going to go and say, "Oh, we these are the number of people we're going to kill as we respond"? Or Are we going to try to take out the threat and destroy the organizations and the people's responsible for that for that attack? And unfortunately, in war, and somebody made a great point, Coleman Hughes, which unfortunately is an atheist, but a very, uh, very uh, sharp conservative intellectual. Um. Coleman Hughes made the point that like, when we talk about world war two, we don't basically say, Oh, we mourn the, the loss of life on both sides. That's not how anyone talks about world war two. Right. What we say is thank God for the allied forces who stopped the Nazis, right. Mm-hmm. From destroying, from basically uh, reshaping the world in their image. Yeah, War is never pretty and it's usually not proportionate. And there were innocent Germans law whose lives. And also, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, all, all the all the nations that were affiliated with, with the Nazis. There were several of them. There were losses of life. There was people who lost their lives mm-hmm. on that side who weren't necessarily a part of the Nazi regime. <laughs> Can I
0: say something, no, to the point that you were making, yeah. Tony, because I heard this number thrown out. And when you talk about comparison of the size, in order for us to understand as Americans, what happened in Israel on October the 7th, 30,000 Americans would have to be slaughtered in one day. Yeah. In order for us to understand that based on the size comparison. And so when you think about that, like what would be the expectation of the United States of America and, and how would we posture ourselves as a result of that kind of attack?
1: I think it would be shock and awe. It would be, uh, we would, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it depends on who's, in, who, who the president is, but that like, is very true. <laughs> right. who's running the military, <laughs> but I would say it would be shock and awe and you'd be sending a message to that enemy. Don't ever try this again. Unfortunately, Israel goes through these skirmishes every few years after an attack and it just kind of they're, they're talked out of really going in on whoever it is, the you know the, the Islamic terrorists and it happens in another four or five years and it's just kind of an endless cycle because they never really get to root it out. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna happen again. I mean Israel's saying, hey, we're gonna go in, we're not gonna we're not gonna stop, we're gonna make sure we weed these people out, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, they may be, you know, the pressure of the, of the global community may, t- may encourage them to back out again. And it, they'll, Hamas will reform, they'll regroup, and uh, they'll do it again.
0: So, Tony, yeah. when, when, when Christians say, I stand with Israel, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are saying they have a disregard for human life in Gaza, Correct.
1: Absolutely. And it doesn't it also doesn't mean that everything the Israeli government does is great. Mm. It doesn't mean that everything the Jewish people does is great. I mean, there's a lot of blasphemy, disrespect for God coming out of I mean, Tel Aviv has one of the largest pride parades in the world. Michael Hmm. and I were there. We saw like drag queens just hanging out and like walking around the streets like and and of course, Jesus. And by the way, I have to say, praise God, sharing the gospel in Israel isn't is has become i would say easier in tel aviv than it is in most large american cities now mm. as to where it used to be extremely extremely hostile um culture now israelis are very receptive and almost every israeli knows one or two or three believers in jesus you know israeli believers in jesus so the numbers are growing and that's pro- prophecy as well the bible predicts that <clears throat> as well but it doesn't mean that everything that they do is great and it doesn't mean that we hate uh, arab life and we want to see arab children murdered, what it means is that we, we stand for, I mean, aside from, it's really twofold for the believer. We, we say number one, God is sovereign and we see the hand of God and yes. fulfilling what was promised. Right. And we know that Israel's there by the decree of God and has a right to be there. Um, and I mean, even from a geopolitical standpoint, who else has, has a right to be there and to, like, whose land is it? It was given to Israel. The League of Nations gave it to Israel, and it's their ancient homeland, the ancient homeland of the Jewish people. But number two, on a just practical level, any nation, if Canada starts lobbing missiles, Katusha rockets or any kind of missiles into uh, Detroit, right? And and Minnesota hitting (laughs) American civilians at random, just launching them, lobbing them at civilians. Wouldn't we have a right to go into Canada and take care of business to make sure that our citizens are taken care of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Tony, I want to, I want to get some clarity. I want to ask another question. And I know that you were making the point about this earlier and you said, you know, this is about um, hatred for Jewish people. And, and you said, you know, if the Jewish people moved to Ohio, right? Like um, the type of hatred that is levied against them by the Muslims would follow them there. So, But I want to make a a statement, or maybe I'm going to ask a question that is really making a statement. Isn't the land also spiritually significant, though? Like, isn't there something about the piece of land? Like, it's about the people, but isn't it also about the land, or am I just off in thinking that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the reason the Jewish people are hated to the degree that they're hated is I think Satan realizes that if he can... Keep God from fulfilling, and this goes to show. Let you know that the the the, the calling of Israel is not fulfilled yet, mm-hmm. and the calling of Israel is really to know their Messiah and to be a light in the world. I mean, you read these prophecies of the of the the kingdom on earth, right? And and I'm a premillennialist, unapologetically. Chazakim is our premillennialist. We're not amillennialists. We're not post millennial We believe in a future millennial kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. That piece of land is sacred for that reason. The Messiah, the king, will be enthroned in that land.
0: Amen. Amen. No, I, I, I'm i glad you said that. And, I, and that's one of the things that I really wanted to point out, because I think that there's some um, question over... The land and and how we are as Christians to view the land. Look, I I connect that to a promise that the Lord made, and and I I connect that to an unconditional promise that it is the land that God gave to His people. Even when the Lord says that He would drive them out if they committed certain practices, but that He would also bring them back. And so I don't know. I I feel like there it's so important for us to. Um, to pray rightly, to pray for the preservation of that land in as much as it is a reflection of a covenant that the Lord made with his people. We didn't want to keep you guys over an hour. We know you're incredibly busy and we appreciate you jumping on with us. We reached out to you and you were like, yes, we'll do it. So before we go, though, Tony, would you mind um, just leading us in prayer for Israel?
1: Absolutely. 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 Father God, we Lord. First off, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you for um, leaving us your oracles and and the directions um, of what you expect of us, Lord. Um, the story of 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 us as a human race and how you've reconciled us back to yourself and how the story ends. Like you have not left us in the dark, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the Messiah Jesus, who died for our sins. Father, may we live in a way that's um, a thank you letter to that wonderful act lord that beautiful act of the 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 passover lamb the ultimate sacrifice dying for our sins father and uh, lord we pray for the people of israel and the arabs lord we pray that they would know you Th- these are cousins these are the the children of abraham lord your your friend abraham lord and we just pray that um that they would know you that you would reveal yourself and and you made the promise lord that a time is coming when when uh, you're the you're the people that you've called, Lord, Israel would would recognize the one whom they pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And that after that, that rivers of cleansing would 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 flow, Lord, to all of the Jewish people. And we just pray for that salvation, because if they're uh, being cut off means salvation for the for the nations, hmm. for the Gentiles, what will their reconciliation be? But resurrection, but life from the dead. And we want to see the resurrection, Lord. Um, we want to see all things made new, Father. And we know, Lord, that when they recognize their Messiah, that that's the time in which um, you will reign, Lord, over them and over the world and bring justice and peace and harmony. And there will be no more war and the swords will be beaten into plowshares. Hmm. And uh, Lord, we just long for that day. And we also pray for the Arab people, Lord, that, that you would call them out of uh, this Jew hatred and this the the lie of Islam, and um, that you would just reveal yourself by any means, Lord, through dreams and through just the proclamation of the gospel to to all parties involved, Um, and that you would preserve the people of Israel, Lord, and preserve that land. We know that your word says you will, so we pray that you would. And also, all of us, uh, Lord, who are your children of every tribe and nation and tongue, those who are grafted in um, and are now... A part of israel in that sense lord god they become part of they are your covenant people from every from every nation lord bless and keep them lord and and any plans that the enemy has to destroy them uh lord that you would also defend them lord god and bring their family members to faith in these end times and lord um just be with us this week lord and be with us this year lord And whatever happens lord we know that your word has prepared us may we be plugged into your word and we pray all this in jesus name amen
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, you guys. So, so there, it yeah. was so informative. Wow. There was so much wow. information. We appreciate you both. We appreciate your strong conviction yes. and um Tony's already alluded to this, but like kudos to y'all, you know, the men, right? Like that's we were talking um I guess a few weeks ago about these pastors who were pretty soft. You know what I mean? And it, and it's like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going like where are the men? Like where's the generation of men who are bold and who who stand up unapologetically for truth. Amen. And so anyway, we appreciate you brothers. We appreciate your music, but um we also appreciate your public stance for righteousness and holiness. So that's thank right. you so much for that. I think I think that's it. That's going to wrap up our time. Um, we, we encourage you. our listeners that when you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture-proof. And um, that's what we want to be. We don't want to be tossed and turned by what's happening in the culture, what's normative, what somebody told us to think. There's a rejection of Scripture. Mm. Um, we want to return to the authority of God's Word. Amen. So anyway, God bless y'all family.
1: You God too. God bless.
0: God bless. Good night. Thank you.